Hey, everybody. Welcome back to A Higher Future. I'm Yubi Simignetti, and as always, I'm joined by my partner in good, Nicole Gravagna. Hello. Good morning, Yubi. Hi. Uh, who are we talking to today? So we are very excited. Um, so Meredith Bell is co-founder and president of this organization that's been around for about 30 years called Performance Support Systems. Um, you know, and, and what I love, because there's many parallels between our organization and where I hope we are, right, in 30 years, uh, an organization you know, and, and, and Meredith, obviously you'll talk more about this, but, um, you know, based on relationship building, right. And you've had partners and clients and people you've worked with for 20 plus years within that. And so that's just wonderful and, and, and an amazing way to do business because that's how we really try to focus on it. And then also a fellow podcast host, author. I mean, there's so many amazing things. So we're going to dive in, but first of all, hi. Hi. How are <laughs> it's you? Great to be with you both today. I'm excited. Yeah, us too. Us too. So tell us a little bit. I mean, give us a little quick 30-year history of Meredith Bell and what what's been going on. <laughs> well, I've always had this interest in helping people learn how to play nicely together at work. Because there are so many issues around people getting along, understanding, communicating clearly with each other. So for many years, I was a solo consultant working in the areas of leadership development and team building. And then I met my one of my two business partners, Denny Coates, in 1990, and we started collaborating on some projects and decided we were compatible and wanted to put our two businesses together. And we brought in a third partner at the same time who managed everything else. And she still does, she's amazing. And so the three of us have now worked together for 30 years. And we transitioned from being a consulting firm to being a software company in 94, when we were looking for a tool to use with clients that was a 360 feedback tool. And there weren't very many back then and they were all very, expensive and very rigid. So you had this one set of items, you couldn't change it. And that didn't work for us. Our clients were quite varied. And so we decided to create our own and made the conscious choice to go from being consultants to a software company with, you will appreciate this, no background whatsoever in that. We just had faith in our ability to make it work. And it did. And so here we are, 2020 Insight, our 360 tool is still going strong 27 years later, yeah. originally as a floppy disk. Oh, wow. <laughs> so Isn't that it's funny? Evolved. But, you know, last year with the pandemic, Denny and I decided we needed to really capture a lot of what we had been doing over the years through our products, through people who had used them, all of the things we knew about communication. And so we captured those in our book called Connect With Your Team. And we focused on what we considered the top 10 communication skills. And it's not, there's no fluff. There's no theory. It's all, here's why this is important. Here's what it looks like. We even have some sample dialogues to show. Here's how you can actually use this. So it's not theoretical, it's practical. And step-by-step, here's what you can do to give someone feedback, to listen better, to resolve conflicts. So 
that's what, you know, we're really excited now about getting out into organizations because it's a, a bigger way to help people learn these basic skills that we all need to get along with each other at work. So the fact that you've held these relationships for as long as you have makes me trust you in, in starting to think about, okay, what advice am I going to get from these books in terms of having those communication skills? And then having read the book and having taught a lot of this myself, I also trust you in the sense that I didn't read anything in there that made me whinge. It all sounds exactly right. It all sounds like... Um, like you really nailed it. You got all the details in there and there isn't a great deal of um, opinion heading in one direction or the other. It's clear that you've, you've tread this ground a lot of times. You know exactly where the challenges lie and you, you know what it is that people are up against and how to teach them to get to the other side. I also trust you on the change management piece knowing that you started a software company in 94 and have managed all of the changes yes. between there and now with the same business partners. So that's, that's super impressive to me. And I'm sure UBI would be nice for us to look uh, decades in the future and think about oh, how yeah. maybe we'll all still be friends. Hopefully we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, yeah, so um, one of the big things I am desperate to know, and I think our listeners would love to hear is that we are diving into this whole new way of, of doing our office environments, this hybrid. It's not work from home. It's not be in the office. It's some mix of the two, which is the hardest as far as most of the people we've talked to, the hardest way of thinking about um, keeping connection between people and having those, those big relationships. So um, there, there's a lot in your book. And and there's a lot that we can go into here, but I'd love to just hear what's your first thought in terms of what is going to be especially challenging for communication in this hybrid environment? Such an important question, Nicole. Thank you for asking that. You know, I think if, if people could understand some of these same skills are applicable no matter what the situation is, they will feel a little more relaxed about not having to learn a brand new thing. You know, like I don't get one more thing on my plate. It's adapting some of what are already really good practices that people use when they work well together, whether it's leader, you know, to direct report or coworker to coworker. And I think a key if I could just say a key element is curiosity. Uh -huh. And I say that because curiosity prevents us from jumping to conclusions, assuming someone else is going through the same thing we are and putting us in the mode of learning about this other person. Uh -huh. And so that means we are interested in asking questions to learn what's going on with them. So we don't make assumptions about, you know, what they're experiencing, but we have an open mind and we're eager to learn and find out and then see what can be done as we listen to the needs someone has, a pain point they may have. And, and then also being curious to find out what do they think might be the solution. Because too often, I know I have fallen into this trap where I feel like I need to 
solve the problem, right? Somebody presents a question, an issue, and I've got to come up with the answer. And that's not the case. People have the answers inside them most of the time. Sometimes they're so close to the problem, they don't see that they have the answer. But through skillful questioning, and, and honestly, a person doesn't need to start thinking, oh, golly, what questions have I got to memorize? No, it's not that. It's just being genuinely present with this other person. And what's the natural next thing to ask that would help you learn more? Isn't that, that's, really, oh, man. That's really I, it. That's crazy. And it's like, because we, we talk about the same thing in our trainings. We, we like lead with curiosity, right? Lead with empathy, um, but the way you put it as far as, you know, it, it's just an adaption of what, of something we already do and something we already know. I mean, look at a whole world who adapted to work from home. Like we did it, right. You know, something mm-hmm. that for years companies refused to do because they were just like, oh no, productivity will go down the toilet and, you know, we'll lose control. But yet here we are a year later and everything's fine if not better in some circumstances. Mm-hmm. And, and it really was just taking what we know and adapting it to a, just a new scenario. I love that because that does alleviate the stress of that change management, right? That comes with mm-hmm. having to try to learn something new. Um, you know, you can't teach it a, an old dog new tricks, right? That's that come from somewhere, but so it's already there. I love that. I love that. <laughs> All right, Meredith, I got that. So curiosity is it. You say everybody pretty much has the answers in them already. And so how does a leader who feels like they already have the answers in them already not use the answer inside them and instead get curious about the answer that's in someone else? How do they get past that? Well, I think part of it is adopting a different attitude, Nicole. And that attitude comes from a spirit of uh, one of my responsibilities as a leader is to help each individual that I am responsible for, you know, that it works with me to help them grow and achieve their full potential. And if I am constantly telling them things, that is not enabling their growth. In fact, if we think of it as kind of stunting it, because then it creates a dependency where that person comes to you for the answers. And, and part of this goes back to feeling to the fear of being wrong. Well, you know, this person's always got the answer. So I better go check with him or her first because I might not come up with the right answer. And so if I'm wrong, then what negative repercussions might happen? So as a leader, we don't always think through what's the long-term impact of this pattern of giving answers to people. And instead, if we ask questions to say, well, what do you think? You know, we don't have to come up with complicated questions. Uh, You know, if they say, hey, boss, what should I do about this? Well, you know, I've got some ideas, but I'd like to hear what you have to say first, because you may have the best idea. You know, affirming that other person is you give them permission and encouragement to come up with what they think. And then to get them to think through, so that's an interesting idea without judging it. Um, what do you think would happen if we do that? You know, what do you anticipate might be the outcome? Um, or if this were to happen as a part of implementing that, uh, how would you handle that? 
So just get, you know, helping them learn to think through one of the chapters, you know, is getting people to think for themselves. And that is in itself an important skill because you're not going to always be there. And so they have to be able to rely on their own judgment, their own resourcefulness to handle a given situation in any moment. And so the more encouragement you can give them real time for doing that and then responding in a way that's useful and helpful to them in refining their thinking or, you know, looking at solutions without jumping in, because I think where the bad boss title comes in is when we hear somebody say something and we jump in with why it won't work, mm-hmm. you know? So we're, we're, we're doing the opposite of encouraging them to think. We're shutting it down and, and teaching them, oops, I better not say anything because it might be wrong. Well, and or how do you I'll teach, criticized. Uh, how, do you, how, do you, how do you teach leaders to, to change to that mindset you know, away from, you know, we've got a job to do. We've got a goal to hit. We have revenue to hit. And, I don't and have so, time to wait for this yeah, person to figure it out. Yeah, I know or learning. Uh. Yeah, like, or learning. Like, I don't have time for you to learn something new. Like, how do you switch that mindset to creating an environment where it's people are constantly learning and driving with curiosity, realizing that we'll hit even bigger goals if we're all working from that mm-hmm. perspective? Yeah, I think that's a key point is pointing out the practicalities of doing that, mm-hmm. of having patience now to allow that person a few seconds. You know, we're not talking right, about, right. you Years. know, a lot of time here, um, but we sometimes have short term view because of these short term goals or, yes. or the pressure we feel. And instead, if we could start asking just some basic questions like, how can I behave in this moment that's going to help this person be a better employee a year from now? Hmm. You know, it's that, yeah. it's that taking that future view, a willingness to say, you know, this person is valuable. If in fact, this is a valued employee or manager or whatever their role is, if they are valuable to the company, what can I do that's going to kick their performance up a notch? Yeah. That's a very practical approach. Well, yeah. is being impatient with them and looking at my phone or looking at my watch and giving the message, hey, move on, you know, get, get on with this or interrupting them even worse and finishing their sentences. You know, that is not going to, to um, really be beneficial for bringing out their best. So if we can ask the question, what can I do as a leader that's going to bring out the best in this person so I get their maximum engagement and performance? That can be the driver that adjusts the attitude that allows them to start practicing being um, a more mindful listener and question asker so that they get ultimately the behavior they're looking for. Because the see, here's the thing. When someone feels valued and appreciated, their motivation to perform at a high level skyrockets. Right. And too often we don't see the connection between expressing appreciation for who they are and specifically what they've done 
that we value. And people say, well, you know, they're getting paid to do this work. I don't need to spend the time doing that. Yeah, well, if you want their best performance, you might want to rethink that <laughs> mm. because it makes a huge difference when we see this person as a valuable human being who we have the opportunity to elevate mm. if we just, know how to do that. I just wrote down the tweet, the tweet of this entire thing. It's like, it takes only seconds to let someone think for themselves. Oh, yes. That's golden. It's the forget mic drops. It's the new tweet. <laughs> I love it. This is the tweet. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I mean, this is like, you know, Monday motivation, but it's Tuesday. Um, this is really great. These are great insights. I mean, I think that's, that is, especially now, I mean, what's, what's the future of work in your opinion, as far as, you know, the, the, this, these concepts that we're talking about as far as communication and I mean, what, what, what should change, what has changed, uh, what shouldn't change for the future of work? Well, I think a key thing, you know, just looking at what's happened in our world as well in terms of elevating the awareness around diversity, inclusion, equity, all of those issues, this need for empathy and understanding. And Nicole, I'm glad you brought that up earlier when I was saying curiosity. I think you both emphasized that. Empathy is a key part of that too. That when you say, should it change? If it's already there in place, keep it. But if it isn't, add to it because this, this ability to understand where someone else is coming from, you know, where, what their life is like, to be able to reflect that to them. You know, if they, you get on a call with them or you're meeting in person and they start expressing frustration about something to affirm that without being a parrot and repeating their exact words, but reflect it back. Oh, it must be so frustrating to have to deal with this and this and this, or is it frustrating to, you know, uh, you get them to recognize, oh, this person heard what I said. They got me. And that is huge in terms of the future of work, you know, keeping people and, you know, I hate to use the word loyalty, but it's this idea of connection that someone has with an organization because they feel cared about, they mm. feel valued. And I will say it goes both ways. So if you are the employee and you are working for someone and you appreciate something they did, let them know because leaders often don't get you know, that kind of feedback from their direct reports or peers, I think just building this, this whole culture, this whole environment where people feel safe about speaking their truth, you know, mm -hmm. and, and just expressing what they have to say without fear of retribution, criticism, judgment, punishment, you know, there's so many negative toxic things that can go on. And that is not the kind of environment that's going to help create people who want to perform at their best. Well, and honestly, I mean, I think, and sorry, Nicole, I just wanted to make a quick yeah. point on that because, you know, the, the, the right now we all have a window into each other's truths more. And we didn't have that before. 
And so to your point, like now we, we have to, right? we don't have a choice here because we have to honor those truths. I mean, I look like I'm in some crazy Tron, you know, virtual reality, Starship, Starship Enterprise holodeck scenario where I'm like trying to escape the real world. <laughs> what does that say about me? I mean, that's like, it's the, it's, you know, that that's what's going on. It, it's, it's so important now because those windows are wide open. Yeah, I was I was going to share a quick story about that Meredith and an example as you know, I hadn't worked for a team. I hadn't had a boss in mm-hmm. I don't even know how long. And and so when I joined Interview IA, it, I was a little nervous about not no longer working for myself and and having someone who was going to evaluate my ability to do my job in a way that was different than a client who either just walks off if you're not doing a good job or <laughs> stays and keeps paying their bills. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I started working with my my current boss at Interview IA, his name is Gary, and he was so empathetic with me. He, he did exactly what you said. He I said something and he re- responded back in his own words. He says, yeah, it, it, it's gotta be hard that you have to um, make a decision between this and this. And, and, and I thought, I almost cried. It it was so true what he'd said. And he didn't parrot my words. He really understood what I was talking about. And he understood my internal conflict. And, and he, he responded back to me with understanding. And I thought, Oh, I'm in, like, I can work for this guy. (laughs) Whatever he says, I'm down. Like I will totally follow him anywhere because he's listening. Yeah, that's incredible. That's such a wonderful story. I love that because it illustrates the exact point, you know, that I'm making. And this whole thing of empathizing with someone else and it doesn't take long, you know, getting back to this thing of, well, I don't have time. Yes, you do. Because what's the alternative? If you lose that employee or that individual because you didn't use these skills, well, now you've got a whole new person in the expense of bringing in a different employee. And that person may have been really good on the job, but they weren't having those basic human needs met. We all have these needs as a human being. And if we can get it in our work with the person we're working with, then like you just said, Nicole, I'm in, I'm here to to stay because it feels good. You know, we have to recognize that that's an important element to, and just to be appreciated. And I'll tell you the other word that's coming to mind as I think about what leaders need to do is notice. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to body language, to the, yeah. what's not being said, to ask and draw that out. You know, you said you're okay with this, but your face is not saying you're okay with this. So tell me what's going on in your mind right now. I'd really like to know what you're thinking. To, huh. to let, and that tells the person, oh, they really were paying attention. Yeah. And that counts for a lot. Well, I think for, for, for the leaders, this has me thinking about, leaders themselves, how they isolate themselves when they do the opposite of what you're saying, you know, when they push away, when they don't notice, when they don't build trust and relationships with their team, they're isolating themselves. And that can't feel good. I mean, that, you know, I don't want to be the only person, but I think that's, 
you know, as leaders, you know, they always talk about it. It feels lonely at the top. Uh, but something I learned early on in this work is that even if uh, someone has reached the status of a C level, that's not necessarily the, that's not their end game, right? Like that's not it for them. Just because they're up there at, and they're a CIO or a CTO or a COO, that doesn't mean that's it. But many people assume that. And I think that's, that's kind of the uh, air about them is that they're up there by themselves. They made it, you know, and, but it's, it's so it's very isolating. So it, it's kind of an interesting, you know, to look at it from their perspective, Um it, it would do them I've, a favor to not do that. You know? Well, exactly. Because for one thing, the more they have conversations with people on their team, the more they learn about what's really going on. Right. But, you know, one of the other things that often happens that I want to just, you know, shout from the rooftops, it's okay to admit when you've made a mistake. Yeah. And in fact, it's important to apologize if you have done something that's really created problems for people on your team to own it because they already know, you know, if you <laughs> pretend like it didn't happen and you ignore yeah. it and you because sometimes leaders are afraid they will be less respected if they allow themselves to be seen as imperfect or vulnerable and if they only understood how the opposite is true, they would be quicker, I think, to acknowledge when they are the one that was the bottleneck or they you know, dropped the ball or did something wrong and say, hey, I really made a mistake there and I apologize. And you know what else is magic is simply to ask the question, what could I do in the future that could help us avoid this happening again? you are, again, getting input from the other folks. They've got ideas, believe me. And so if you right. stop long enough to ask, you're showing that you have respect for their opinion and their time. And you're saying what you have to say is valuable to me. Mm. And this is, you know, those kinds of things yeah. don't have to take a lot of time, but wow, do they build, going back to your first word, Nicole, trust. It builds that trust that's so important as the foundation of good relationships. This has been so powerful. I think, Yubi, we I need know. to send this to everybody and say, if you don't have time for a coaching session, just listen to Start this here. podcast because Meredith has dropped all the truth on all of us. And yes. So, like, well, and also since, since we're recording this in May, even though it may come out in June, May is, I think, mental health awareness month. Right. And I think what, what, what struck me about where you were just talking about Meredith, you know, it, it sound, it's easier said than done. And I I've seen this where it's, it's hard for people to, you know, to, uh, to hear, to listen to this and then go make that change. And, and so, you know, it should be, especially after a year that we've all been through, you know, the resources, therapy, right. Uh, coaching, but, but, there seek that help if you need it even if it's just to understand what we're talking about here today even if it's to be a, you know a leader who's who is always isolating themselves and needs to open up i mean there's work that needs to be done for a lot of people uh -huh. to get through that i've got one question that they could start with yeah if they're feeling like oh golly what do i do here's one thing you can do have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with everyone on your team or everyone you work with and ask, what is one thing I could do differently 
that would make your experience working with me even better than it is right now. I love One it. thing I could do. You see, you're not asking to be overwhelmed and they may not, they may be so shocked that you asked that they may not have an answer at that moment, but they, there may be something that's been bugging them yeah. about what you do. That is a blind spot for you. And you have no idea that you can learn from. And the key yeah. is to be humble and to be grateful and say, thank you. I didn't know that. And if you are willing to do what it is they're asking, make a commitment and ask for their help. If you see me yes. not doing that, let me know because I want to be better at doing this or not doing this so that our experience working together is better for both of us. Whew, that's tweet number two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold up your books. So we'll, we'll close out with, go get these two books. They're a pair um, Connect with your team yep. and peer coaching made simple. There is also, also apparently books that are mirrored yeah. of these books that are for parents. Yes. A Connect lot with of... your kid and parents yeah. coaching parents. Wonderful. Because we are committed to helping improve communications at work and at home. Yes. So both which is them. now, which is now all in one, right? Like there's no well, work exactly versus life so. anymore. Exactly <laughs> it's just life. So. so if you read one, it can apply in both, both places for sure. Uh, and we've seen this happen where leaders who take seriously bringing their communication skills up a notch, it inevitably ripples over into the home life mm -hmm. and their relationships with their family improves in addition to their relationship with the folks at work. Also, for those that would like to get a freebie at our website, we've got the listening chapter as its own standalone ebook um, that's called Listen Like a Pro. And that is at growstrongleaders.com slash uh, higher future. So it's the wow. name of the podcast at the end. We so growstrongleaders.com slash higher future. Awesome. All right. This is exciting. Well, that, Meredith. Yeah, thank you. And just thank you for today. Like, well, this was really great. We can't wait to release this to the wild. <laughs> so thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you, everybody, for continuing to tune in. Um, a Higher Future is uh, where we can be found. So we'll talk to you all soon. Thank you. <laughs>